Today I'm going to talk about testing with an expert, Keith of Keith's Speaking Academy. We're going to talk about IELTS, TOEFL, TOEIC, how these different tests differ and how they are important and how we prepare for them. So without further ado, let's hear from Keith. So today, you know, the subject I want to get into is testing, because testing is such a big part of especially English learning. But now it, all languages, they have their test, whether it be Chinese, Korean, they all have their standard mm -hmm. test, you see. Mm -hmm. And but in the case of English, th there are, are a number of sort of authoritative tests. So my first question is, what are the main recognized tests of English, whether it be for academic purposes, for employment purposes, for immigration purposes, what are the main tests and, and uh, what is their sort of respective, you know, role or importance? If we're talking about tests, uh, you're mentioning there like, I think, proficiency tests, which are tests to mm -hmm. gauge the level of a person in language, how well they can use the language. So the, the big tests, I mean, IELTS is one of the biggest tests. It's, it's by Cambridge. It's by a mm -hmm. triparter. There's Cambridge, there's IDP, and there's British Council, but it's created by Cambridge Assessment. So IELTS is is one of the larger. High and what does IELTS stand for? It stands for the International English Language Testing System. Okay. So it's a test. So if I hear someone say the Cambridge test, he's actually or she is talking about IELTS. IELTS is one of the Cambridge tests. Oh. So Cambridge okay. have a suite of tests. Um, which mm -hmm. include um, IELTS, but it also includes their tests for young learners, kind of movers, starters, mm -hmm. and flyers. They have tests for school children moving up the level, going up to KET, mm -hmm. PET, um, and they've got what first? I think they now call it B2 first, advanced proficiency. So they have different, I guess they'd be more achievement tests. That they're, they're actually measuring your ability at a particular level. And they're all correlated to the CEFR, which is the Common European um, Framework mm -hmm. of Reference, which yes. you're probably familiar with. Yes. And so that, yeah, so Cambridge are probably one of the biggest organisations that do that. You know, that said, I mean, you've also got Pearson. There are another testing organisation, the Pearson Test of English. And there are other organisations that do testing at school level, at A-levels and baccalaureate level internationally. So that there's a whole bunch of them, actually, a lot. Okay, now if we're talking about adults, I know mm. that certainly my Asian experience has been that TOEIC and TOEFL yeah. seem to be particularly important. Like more people take those tests. Yeah. That's why I say I don't know who takes the IELTS and who takes TOEIC and who takes TOEFL. Can you compare those three? Sure. I mean, TOEIC tends to be more of a business kind of test. So people who are going uh -huh. into a business place, possibly the workplace, would take TOEIC. TOEFL is similar to IELTS, but IELTS claims to be and probably is a more communicative test. TOEFL is more mm -hmm. tra traditionally more popular for going to America. So if you're migrating or studying uh -huh. in America, um, TOEFL would be the one if you're going to North America. That, that would be the, mm -hmm. the, the test to take. Um, so a lot of countries in Asia have traditionally taken TOEFL. However, in the last 10, 20 years, IELTS, which many people associate with Britain as being going to British universities, actually IELTS is recognised by hundreds of thousands of American universities, North American universities, mm -hmm. as well as around the world. So nowadays, that difference between should I do TOEFL or IELTS is a common question a, a student in China may have because actually they could do either. Um, they mm -hmm. just need to make sure that 
it is recognized by the particular institute that they want to go to. If we put TORIC aside as being more of a, you know, employment-related test, but the actual substance of the tests. They are similar, except that IELTS has a face-to-face -face spoken module. So both mm -hmm. tests will test all of the four skills, reading, writing, listening, and speaking. At the moment, I'm not sure exactly what the speaking test is with TOEFL. If my memory serves me right, it used to be like a recording where you would record your voice and then somebody would uh, assess that. Um, but the IELTS test, because they put such huge importance on it being a communicative test, having that face-to-face -face interaction with a, an examiner where they ask you questions and you answer, that's one of the key differences for, for IELTS. That is the ultimate test, isn't it? I mean, mm. I know a lot of people can train on certain tests and get quite good at answering multiple choice questions. Yeah. But when you're face to face in an interview, that is the ultimate test, I think. I think it is. And I think that's why it's so widely recognized. And I think that's why mm -hmm. employees, inter international professional bodies like the ACA for accountants recognize it, my immigration borders recognize it, and universities, of course, um, because there's a higher level of not security, but knowing that what the student is saying they can do, they probably can because right. they've got that score. But it must make it more expensive because now you have to have examiners that are devoting that much time to interviewing each test take. It probably does. I, I don't know the price comparison, but certainly, yes, it, it's a higher cost if you've got that face-to-face -face examiner doing that. So yeah, and it makes it logistically a lot more complicated. I mean, one of the, right. the keys to many tests is keep it simple, right? There's a balance mm -hmm. between getting the information you need, but keeping it simple so that you don't overload mm -hmm. the student. And from the administration side, you want a test that's fairly easy to administer. IELTS right. kind of kicks that aside and says, we, we want the good quality communicative test. We're willing to invest in teachers, examiners, having a face-to-face -face test. Um, although there is right. now, in some countries, there's an online element. Ever since we had the pandemic, mm -hmm. the, the idea of having a face-to-face -face interview like you and me now, it can be done mm -hmm. on, online. Right, um, right. But it's still the examiner's time. It's a, Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in terms of preparing for these tests, are there good ways to prepare? And is it different depending on whether you're preparing for IELTS, TOEIC, or TOEFL? It's a great question because the classic way you prepare for a test, like when you were at school, you had the end of term test, you know the content that's going to be tested. And so you would prepare that content, right? But for the proficiency test, like IELTS, you actually don't know the content because it's not measuring if you've learned a specific course. It's, it's wide. It's, it's wide open. So the preparation has to be different. I guess you have to be clear about the score you need. So for some people, a band five will be enough. For other people, a band seven will be necessary. Mm -hmm. So they'll have to invest mm -hmm. more time in preparing. I mean, my strong belief, and I, and I say this because I'm familiar with how the test is constructed and made, is that the best way to prepare is to develop your communicative skills. So your ability to mm -hmm. speak and communicate, your ability to write mm -hmm. in English, your ability to read and, and to listen. So I encourage students actually to spend 80% of their time developing those skills like they would mm -hmm. anyway. And then 20% is around exam technique. So you do need to be familiar with the, the question type, the exam technique that you're going to need, timing. It catches many people out. Oh, I didn't know I only had half an hour. They, they should, you need mm -hmm. to know how it works, question types, mm -hmm. and techniques to 
make sure you get the score that you're trying to get. So people can find examples of previous tests for yes. these tests. Yeah, for, for, for TOEFL, for IELTS, IELTS, TOEIC, there are previous tests, what they call practice tests, on most of those websites, IELTS website, mm -hmm. TOEFL, TOEFL website. And they'll have practice tests that students can, can go in. Um, they can mm -hmm. see the format. They can practice them. A lot of these organizations now have free videos, courses, even mini courses to guide you mm -hmm. through and say, listen, this is the question type. This is how you should be answering. What they don't reveal ever is the actual question you're going to be asked. Right. So that's like letting the cat out of the bag. Right. But the question could be uh, on any subject matter. It could be on uh, global warming. It could be on, and I don't know, about nuclear, nuclear physics, but <laughs> like it could be on anything. And so yes. what I hear you saying is that essentially people need to spend the bulk of their time basically upgrading their overall language skills, vocabulary, listening comprehension, reading comprehension, reading speed, ability to, to speak, ability to write, accuracy yes. of usage, all of these things. And yes. then just spend maybe that remaining 15, 20% of their time trying to you know ace the system, so to speak. <laughs> ace the system, yes, so to speak, exactly. Yeah, learning the technique they need to get the score that they need. Absolutely, that's the way to do it. And I think it's a challenge because, as, as you said, there are so many topics. So a lot of students will ask me, well, what topics do I prepare? I mean, there's hundreds. It could be anything. And again, I encourage them to think about it. If you're developing your speaking skills, whatever you study, you'll improve your fluency, your grammar, mm -hmm. and your pronunciation. So actually, all, right. you're, all you're left with is vocabulary. That's where mm -hmm. the different topics comes into play. So you, mm -hmm. you pick and choose your topics. You, you don't need to know them in depth, right? If you're talking about nuclear power, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to know that level of depth. Just mm -hmm. the, the kind of thing that you might hear on the news. So, you know, watching your mm -hmm. news programs, the topics that come up there can be useful and they'll give you that basic vocabulary you need mm -hmm. to be able to talk about it at least in, in a test. Now, I remember in Japan, if I go and browse the language section of a bookstore, there are all kinds of books with TOEFL vocabulary, IELTS mm. vocabulary, mm. and these books are full of nothing but words. How effective are those as a way of preparing for these exams? Oh, very, very ineffective and misleading, mm -hmm. I think, really, to be honest, because mm -hmm. they're, they're encouraging people to think in numbers, right? So I need 3,000 mm -hmm. words. Oh, look, here's a PDF with 3,000 words. I'll just learn them. And then, of mm -hmm. course, they can't because they, they, they've not learned the context. They, they haven't got mm -hmm. the, the, the input that you talk a lot about. They're not getting the context. They're not really understanding how they can use the word. So it never becomes active. Right. I think it gives it, the element of familiarity. So going back to a lot of people at school have learned school lists, lists of words. Mm -hmm. So there's an element of, mm -hmm. I know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you put text in front of them, they're not as sure quite what to do with them for many students. So right. they need extra support. So... I don't know, as a minimum, as a reference, maybe, maybe, but to learn vocabulary, no, really not. It's interesting in my sort of research on how the brain learns, it, it turns out that uh, familiarity with lots of contexts, sort of a top-down approach mm. to learning, it becomes at a certain point, particularly with low-frequency vocabulary, more important than frequency of exposure. Now, you would think that being exposed frequently to sort of individual vocabulary items would be the most important thing. But mm. apparently, no, because we need this association with other things. That's how the brain retains things. It's got to associate it with some other things. So, yeah, that's interesting. I always looked at these books, 5,000 words from TOEFL. How are you going to learn those? You think you're learning, but you're not learning. So 
I think we'll close on that. So basically, mm -hmm. these tests are important. We know they're important for academic, uh, you know, getting into university, immigration, workforce. And basically, you need to upgrade your overall language skills through yeah. practicing all of the four language skills. And then there are people who are very knowledgeable, like yourself, about the specifics of the test and the things that the test taker needs to know about the test in order to do that a little bit better.